When a hungry man shows up at a funeral, hilarity ensues. Then we travel to Mexico to take a look at the story of two friends who are sitting in a park enjoying a panoramic view of their city. Everything was fine until the world disappeared. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are staying cool out there. It is currently 94 degrees outside. About 97 degrees in the haunted closet. Now I've been pumping the air conditioner on all day long in anticipation of this. My goal, spoiler alert, is to just record the rest of the episodes this week, tonight, when it gets cool, because I can't keep doing this during these hot, hot days. So I'm going to record the next couple episodes, and if something world-changing happens, I'll just edit it in. You'll never know, except I just confessed that I was going to do it. Speaking of confessions, I don't this weird segue, coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now. It's our newest Patreon supporter. Hopefully he got pants made of ice cubes. It's Ethan. Everyone give a round of applause to Ethan. I'm here to entertain you, not to keep you cool. I hope you guys are cool wherever you're at, even if it includes pants full of ice cubes. And... I know I probably should I probably should just try to get this episode done as quickly as possible before I die of heat stroke, but I want I want to Well, I gotta finish doing Ethan's intro, actually. Um if he heat's already getting to me. Ethan, you're gonna be our captain, our pilot of this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Talk about the show online, talk about it to your friends, get the word out about Dead Rabbit Radio. And that's actually a great segue. Ethan, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit rowboat. We are going to take a nice, leisurely, very cool journey because the water is, the ocean's cool, right? We're headed out to El Salvador. Splash. Splash. I got a homework assignment for you, guys. All of, all of you. I know one of you was like, oh, he's talking about someone else, not me. All of you. I have a homework assignment for you. Right now, this is so weird, right now, Dead Rabbit Radio is not only the number one paranormal podcast in the country of El Salvador, it is the number one science podcast in El Salvador. You're like, you didn't know it was a science podcast? It is. It's classified as social sciences, which includes like paranormal stuff, aliens, stuff like that. And... I got a review, and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on in El Salvador. I'll cover UFOs, I'll cover interdimensional creatures, but then I'm like, what, what's going on in El Salvador? The other day, back at the beginning of June, I got a review from Diego Cubo, and he wrote, uh, great. He spelled it with three R's, so he's like Tony the Tiger, great. And this is the review. I've never been into podcasts, but I've been listening for a couple months. Great podcast from Jason. I really appreciate that, Diego. And you're obviously telling other people about this show. Or people, or the word just got out. It's awesome. But here's my, I'm not just humble bragging, right? I've I've spent the last couple weeks trying to find a way to reward the people of El Salvador. Uh, This is the homework. This is, I, I legitimately need your guys' help with this. I can't find anything. I can't find any ghost stories. I can't find any UFO stories. I found a cryptid that's like this wolf that's like one of them's black and one of them's white and one of them's evil and one of them's good. And I, it's just the yin-yang symbol with fangs. I was like, eh, help me find... I just insulted. There's a bunch of people over there. They're like, hey, that's our big... We're going to stop listening to your podcast. This is a big part of our culture, you jerk. 
I mean, it's interesting, I guess. But and then there's like a little tiny. There's like a a Lorlornia woman. There's like a woman who like drowned her baby, which that's pretty standard. But the the funny part, <laughs> the funny part of the woman, I think she drowned her baby, or one of the gods killed her baby, or something like that. The baby came back to life. It's its own cryptid. It's this tiny guy who runs around and, and messes up your wheat fields, or something like that. So, I mean, sure, I could talk about that. I probably should talk about that stuff. I'm obviously giggling about it enough. But, guys, I want you to help me reward the people of El Salvador. Help me find a UFO or a ghost story about it. There's a lot of... You know what? Even the true crime stuff. It's like, this serial killer was in El Salvador. I was like, cool. And then they're like, and Colombia. I was like, dang, can anyone just stay in the borders of this country? And that was another thing. Like, the cryptids. Like, the little baby cryptid that's running around knocking over milk. He's all over Central America, too. So I wanted to find something purely El Salvador. So that's my homework to you guys. That'd be really cool. Get it to me however you talk to me. Some of you guys email me. Sometimes you guys do YouTube comments, whatever. Whatever's easiest for you guys. Smoke signals. But help me find something about El Salvador. Because we are... We are... Rap <laughs> Radio is the number one science podcast in the country of El Salvador. And they just... like Didn't they just change their entire economy to Bitcoin or... That might be an exaggeration. Now they're just accepting Bitcoin. So this El Salvador's on the cutting edge. We gotta we gotta get in on this. We gotta cash in early. So please help me reward the people. And Diego, thanks for the review. That's another thing you guys can do. Review the podcast. Anyways, that was a little bit of marketing, a little bit of homework, and a lot of love towards the people of El Salvador. But I love all you guys. I love all you guys. So let's continue this love fest. Ethan, we're done with that journey. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the key. What's another cool vehicle? The hair hang glider. I'm going to go ahead and bring down the hair hang glider. Go ahead and get a good grip on that. We're waving goodbye to the residents of El Salvador. We are headed out to Ghana. <laughs> Ethan. <laughs> Ethan's totally sweating. He's like, you really expect me to be able to hold on to this hair hang glider all the way from El Salvador to Ghana. I have faith in you, my friend. And it's just a night we feel that cool air blowing in our face. Ethan, Ethan just lands in Ghana when he loses his grip. We all tumble slightly to the ground. We're in the Karachi East Municipality. That's in the Odi region of Ghana. Crazy, crazy story going on over there. This was published by the Ghana Web. The website Ghana Web. Isifu Yaliwa. He's a 52-year-old farmer, and I can't believe they actually named him in this article. I have an idea. We'll get to it in the end of what's behind this, but why they specifically named this guy. But Isifu Yeliwa, 52-year-old farmer, he's at a funeral with his brother, his younger brother, and I'm assuming other people. It doesn't really explain how many people there in the article. It didn't explain how popular the guy was who died. But I'm assuming it wasn't just them two. But anyway, so we had Isifu, we had his younger brother. They're at this funeral, and a man walks up to the funeral. And his name is Adams Quasi. And nobody knows who he is. No one at the funeral recognizes this guy. The dead body's like, I don't know, I don't know that guy, I never met him. Goes back to dead. Adams walks back into the funeral ceremony and goes... Oh, I'm so hungry, guys. You guys have anything to eat? Like, I haven't eaten in a while. I know I know none of you know me. I'm a stranger to you, but that dude just died. I'm sure he has some groceries at his house, right? He might even have a whatchamacallit in his pocket. I'm just starving. So what happens then? I, do, I don't know how this is. I, they don't explain it in the article. They just say that it did. 
they go to get this stranger some food. And the younger brother, it says in the bit to get him some food, the younger brother suddenly touched his senior brother's manhood. That is impossible. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, you want sausages, my friend? We got all the sausages you want. He's like scooping them onto a plate. And the older brother's like, uh, a little brother. And then he looks down and it's like, woo woo, on the plate. Big John, <laughs> it's a little bad. Big Johnson sausages. When you want a full stomach, you better make sure it's a Big Johnson. <laughs> There's only only people over 30 would get that joke. <laughs> Jason, that wasn't even a joke. Just taking time out of your hot, hot closet. Just go. Just finish recording the episode. Anyways, somehow, this younger brother's trying to make this stranger some food. He touches his brother's penis. I don't know how. They don't explain how. That's I, I've never accidentally done that. Or <laughs> done that on purpose, either. I gotta be clear. I've never done that. And I've worked at several restaurants. Anyways, so the younger brother accidentally touched his older brother's penis. But the reason why I'm covering this story, this isn't just some bizarre fetish story, right? The reason why I'm covering this story is that then the older brother's penis, say it with me now, you guys listen to the show long enough, disappeared. We've covered this a couple times on the show. You're like, Jason, please, I know, and please stop doing it. This is reported in Ghana Web. The older brother's penis disappeared. What? Oh, oh, dang it. Did I leave it at home? I swore that I brought it with me today. His penis is gone. That seems to be this weird epidemic in parts of... I'll say parts of Africa because that's where it's reported. Who knows if it's happening in other places? It could be happening in the middle of Siberia and some elk hunter will go, Oh, dang it. Penis is gone. But he just doesn't report it in the newspaper. He just goes about his life. Oh, it'll show back up. We see these reports come out of Africa. This dude's penis is missing. So now you have Adam's... You have Isifu, you have the younger brother, who is not named in the article, by the way. He does not give his name. The younger brother goes, oh, dude, that that stranger must have made, made your penis vanish. That's the thing that happens, because they report it in the media over here all the time. And it says that Adams try to restore the dick. Again, they don't explain why he's getting melted chewing gum and matchsticks. He's like, I'll make you a new one right now. But he couldn't do it. So then Adams was taken to the police station because they're like, you got to do it. If you do the crime, you got to pay the time. If you steal the dick, you, you, get, you get sent to prison. There's no rhyme for that one. So they take him to the police and they're like, officers, you guys got to arrest him. He made my brother's dick disappear. And the officers are like, again, this one, this, we hear this all the time. But the police issued a statement. We don't cover supernatural crime. We don't cover this type of superstitious stuff. But the police did put him in jail because they knew that if they did not do something, this guy was going to get killed. We've covered other times on this show where people have been killed because it's been suspected they've been involved in penis theft. But there's good news. Well, half good news. The penis has returned. In this article, it says that Isifu's penis has returned, but it's not working right now. It's not working. Sexually, it's not working. I'm assuming you can still urinate out of it. It's all spraying. Like when you put your thumb on a hose and the water sprays out, it's just psh, shooting out of the groin. He could still urinate. If I if my penis disappeared, I don't think I would run out and have sex right away. I think I would be concerned that it would like fall off. Like that little girl's head from that Shel, Shel Silverstein book or whatever it was where she had the ribbon around her neck. The boy kept saying, you were like, Jason, this is the weirdest segue ever. You guys remember this story. Spooky story. This little girl had a ribbon around her neck. This boy liked her. 
And he's like, I want to take that ribbon off your neck. And she's like, not today, Billy. And Billy and her dated for a while. And then fight. Maybe this was scary stories. Or maybe this was some horrible fever dream I had. No, I'm sure you guys know the story. And then I don't remember if she allowed him to do it or if he just did it. But he takes her ribbon off and her head rolled across the ground. That story terrified me as a kid. That story terrified as a kid. I never dated a girl with a choker on. I'm like, ah. But that, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, if, if I got my penis back, I would be afraid it would fall back off at, like, the slightest thing. So I'm definitely not, like, you know, banging some chick. But happy ending, right? This is what I find so interesting about the story outside of the disappearing penis. I mean, that's pretty interesting, too. His brother is a, like, fetish priest he's like it's not voodoo because that's like you know illinois that's like an american thing that's like the caribbean thing but it's like a fetish priest type of thing he's not he's not he's not a catholic priest in bondage gear he you know like um you know what i'm talking about with like ceremonial magic so his younger brother was never accused of this let's his younger brother is a known magic practitioner and is the last known person to touch his penis but he was able to blame it on Adams. But this is where we get... This is an actual line from the article. This is what the younger brother, who again wasn't named in this article, says, quote, It is returned, but I can't tell you if it will function as it used to or not. He said, laughing. So the dude... I'm not accusing this guy of stealing his brother's dick. But I do think he found the entire thing totally hilarious. Dude, your dick broke. <laughs> He's laughing. He's like, yeah, I know. I know. Can you help me find it? It fell off again. It's like rolling underneath the couch. He was laughing. <laughs> He's telling this story to the journalist. He's laughing at the fact that his brother's penis not only disappeared, but now it's reappeared, but it is no longer a functioning sexual organ. Laughing while he's saying that. So, so all brothers out there, all brothers know that this is something they would totally do. Anyone who has a brother, not just brothers in general. But yes, yes. So that is the story of Isifu and his currently not working penis. Hopefully it's working. But, you know, if it's not, just go buy yourself a Big Johnson t-shirt. That also turns the ladies on. Ethan, Ethan's like shaking his head. He's like, what the hell is a Big Johnson t-shirt? Look it up. They're hilarious. They got banned. When I was in high school, they were like banned. They were banned from like, you couldn't walk into a federal building with these shirts. They were shirts of like this skinny little nerdy guy. I was looking them up the other day. I went to their website. They're still making them. This skinny little nerdy guy. It's always these busty babes in bikinis walking around. And each time there's a product they're selling, like this is a real shirt. It's Big Johnson's vaccines. And then at the bottom, it has this little quote. It says, you'll feel more than a little prick with a Big Johnson. Ethan, Ethan's like, I didn't, I didn't need to know that. It was a rhetorical question. Ethan, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to our Big Johnson emblazoned Carboner Copter. We're sponsoring this episode. I'm going to toss you the keys to the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind Ghana. We're headed out to Monterey, Mexico. We're in Monterey. That's in the state of Nuevo Leon in Mexico. It's February 2021. It's Friday night. It's 10 p.m. There's two friends walking through the city. 
I found this story on Reddit. It was posted by someone named Sycopat X Regio. We're not going to call him that the whole time. Sounds like a disease that a Decepticon gets. We're going to call him Marcus. Marcus is walking around with his buddy Luke. They're walking through the town of Monterey. This is their town they grew up in. They're actually just about seven minutes away from their houses, their neighbors. They're walking through this town. They got some beer. They got some cigarettes. They're going to have a good time before they go back home. I don't know how old they are. We're going to assume they're legal drinking age. They're just, bye mom, bye dad. We're going to go get drunk and come home and not be suspected. But they're also not like, 32. uh, Let's assume they're around, what's the legal drinking age in Mexico? 18, 21? They're going through a walk through a local park. One thing I really like about this story is there are uh, coordinates provided. You can actually look up where they're at on Google Earth, which I really appreciate it when we're covering this type of paranormal stuff. It really, really gives it more of a real feeling. They're walking through the city of Monterey, and there's this little park that they go, you know, let's just go up here, smoke a couple, couple cigarettes, drink a couple beers before we head home. You know, we're not going to be here that long. And they're not. They're up there for about an hour just chatting. And they have this panoramic view of the city in front of them. You got the cars driving through. You got the life going on in the buildings, the shops. People are still walking down the street. It's about 11 at this point, but it's a Friday night. The city is still bustling. It's not entirely asleep yet. But while they're sitting up on this park, they're all alone. They see off in the distance, poof, the power go out in a section of the city. Another neighborhood goes out. It's that blackout hitting the city. They're actually watching the city go dark until eventually the power is out to the entire city as far as they can see it. Kind of look at each other like, what? That's It's not paranormal, but blackouts do happen. They kind of look at each other like, what? So they go, well, let's call home and see, you know, if they need us to come home, if they need us to pick anything up, because the power might be out for who knows how long. Marcus pulls his phone out. There's no power. What? I've charged it. Hey, Luke, go ahead and call. And Luke's like, dude, my phone has no power to it. They're just sitting up there on the park. And now it's weird. It's not a normal blackout, right? And then Luke goes, hey. Listen. Marcus is listening. He goes, I don't hear anything. And Luke says, What happened to all the cars, dude? Power outs don't affect cars. Why don't we hear cars anymore? Now, when you look at this park, it is literally like there's like this steep staircase, and then there's a road there, and then you see all the roads crisscrossing through the city. The power goes out. It wouldn't affect the cars. It'll affect the streetlights, but you'll still see headlights. Not only has this blackout affected their phones, it's affected cars. It's nothing. It's almost like an EMP blast shut down the grid. But they don't hear cars, and they're looking down the city streets, and everything is perfectly still. They don't even see people walking down the street anymore. But they do see their city. It's drenched in darkness. It's only being lit by the natural light. But as they're sitting up in this park, they see no movement in the city in front of them. The only thing they hear are the bugs kind of rustling through the bushes in the park. So those are some loud bugs, right? But I guess if nothing else was making noise, 
you'd hear that. They also, he specifically said they could hear the cockroaches. Which I've never heard a cockroach, but if you can hear cockroaches, those are pretty big cockroaches. They leave the park. They leave the park because the cockroaches are like, mm, more food. They leave the park. They walk down the stairs. They begin walking through the city. And what they're expecting to see is people. They're expecting to see people. People in the stores, people sticking their heads out. I know whenever there's a power outage, most people's first response, mine is, when the power goes out, you walk out of your house. Because you think, is it just me? Like, did I not pay the power bill? Which is kind of likely. Then you see the rest of the street is dark, and you're like, woo! My financial irresponsibilities did not catch up with me today. And then you go back inside. But none of that's happening. People aren't coming out to see if it's just them losing power. There's no people. There's no people in the shops. There's no people coming out of the restaurants. There's no people anywhere but Marcus and Luke walking through the city. Oddly enough, another odd detail is that not only was there no one in the city, the city seemed abandoned. It wasn't as if everyone just kind of disappeared. It was as if the city was left that way for a purpose. He said the stores look abandoned. He said the cars were parked. It's not like they were driving down the road and the drivers simply disappeared and the cars were still in the street. The cars themselves were in parking spots and they were walking down this empty road. They see a 7-Eleven for a second. Marcus is thinking maybe we can break in. Maybe we'll get some more booze. Irresponsible, but a normal response when you're trapped in the twilight zone. They see a 7-Eleven. Lights are off like every other store. They walk up and they go to open the door. It's locked. This was a 24-hour 7-Eleven. The door's never locked. I don't even know if 7-Elevens have locks. They've been walking for a few minutes. They're halfway home. And you have to wonder what they're thinking. At, At no point in this story are they starting... As far as when Marcus wrote it, he was he thinking paranormal events? He wasn't thinking time slips or anything like that. They're in the moment. They can't figure it out. But you know that your home, your loved ones, are just a few minutes away. I, I would assume there's something in the back of your head thinking, if everything's abandoned, what happens if I get home and they're gone as well? They're halfway home and all of a sudden... The city lights back up. People are walking on the sidewalks. Cars are driving. Winos are stumbling out of 7-Eleven. It's like nothing happened. The city is back to life. Marcus and Luke are like, what? What just happened? You know, it's not like one of them was having a fever dream. They were both seeing this thing. Cars are driving by them. They're just kind of standing there. Well, now that the power is back on, maybe we can call home and, and, you know, see what's going on. Marcus looks at his phone. It's 2 a.m. They were at the park around 11 p.m. So three hours are unaccounted for. The last time they knew the time, it was 11 p.m. They left the house at 10 p.m. They were up at the park for about an hour. And now it's three hours later than it should be. And on Marcus's phone, there's a ton of messages. Where are you? Where are you? When are you coming home? I'm worried. da 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 When Marcus finally gets home, his mom is freaking out, yelling at him, gives him a big hug, is crying because they thought something horrible had happened. And Luke got the same treatment as well. 
because they were just disappeared off the face of the earth for three hours. And the parents don't believe him, obviously. It's, that's one hell of an excuse, right? What were you doing? Why'd you break curfew? Well, the universe, mom, the universe went crazy. But he stands by that story. Now, at the end of the story, he leaves those Google map coordinates so you can view it yourself and see where they were at this whole time. It's an interesting story. It has parallels to dimensional rifts, alternate universes, alien abductions with the time distortion. This is one of those stories that it just gets classified as high strangeness. You can't really put it as one thing or another. They didn't pass through a portal. There was no event that led them into an alternate dimension. There were no beings from another world. There was no high technology. There was no glimmering orb coming out of the woods around them. There were giant cockroaches, but we don't know what their technology's like yet. So it just fits into a, a story of high strangeness. But it's a, it's a chilling one. It's a chilling one. Time slips would work as well, but it doesn't seem that... We've covered stories with time slips before where people are like walking through a British village and it looks like it was from like the 700s and they're walking through it in like 1997 or whenever that story took place. I'll put it in the show notes. But this one, everything was... And that story, that village was also abandoned, but they had the feeling like they were being watched. They had never been to that town before. They had passed through it once on like a, a field trip or something like that. This was these boys' hometown. They knew it like the back of their hand. They were walking back home. At, at the farthest, they were only seven minutes away from their house when they were up at the park. And so to walk through a alternate version of your hometown... The reason why I say alternate, it's not like everyone disappeared. The cars were parked. The stores were locked. When you looked through them, they looked like no one had been in them for a long time. Those those elements really add a creepiness to it. It seems not so much like an alternate reality of the town, but a facsimile of the town that they live in. Like someone had built a model of it. Like a model train set. And you have these little stores... They don't, there's nothing in them. There's no, if you go in there, you don't see little bags of potato chips. It's just a facsimile of what a store would look like near a railroad track. So who knows what it was? I mean, obviously, it could just be the story was made up and the guy found the coordinates on Google Earth. We got to throw that in here. That's obvious. It's obviously possible it was made up. But let's put on our conspiracy caps here to wrap this guy up. It happened so easily to them. They were having fun, they were hanging out. And they got thrust into a world of darkness that was empty, devoid of human life, by no fault of their own. Like I said, they weren't exploring a spooky cave, or they weren't able to outrun an orb, or a ship didn't appear overhead. They were just there. So you have to wonder, could it happen again? Has it happened again? People just walking down the same street they have a hundred times. And then, between one step and the other, they find themselves leaving our world and entering a world shrouded in darkness that's so familiar you could find your way back to what was your home. But you're the only human living in it. These kids came back. These kids were found, and they'll probably never forget this experience. Eventually, they'll probably think it was a dream or... One of them will say, oh, I don't remember it's quite like that. I think their minds will start to try to heal up. That's quite a psychic wound. 
So as time goes on, I think they'll probably stop believing it. I mean, it just happened a couple months ago, which happened in February of this year. But as they get older, and hopefully they live very long, healthy lives, but as they get older, they'll probably figure out ways to cope with it. But it, it again, assuming that it did happen, it could happen again. And what happens when you find yourself in that realm and you don't get teleported back? Over here, you're a missing person. People put up flyers for you, and those flyers get tattered and eventually fall off the telephone poles. Your family never gives up looking for you, but the rest of the world kind of moves on. But you're right where you should be. You're at home. You're laying in your bed. You're sobbing. Because you can't understand what happened. You're in a world of darkness that looks like a cold, dead husk of the warm world you grew up in. You cry yourself to sleep every single night, praying someday that the universe will be just and send you back home. The universe isn't just, though. It's chaotic, and it can steal you away at any moment. They never find you. They never find your body. But somewhere out there in the multiverse, there is a reality with precisely one skeleton. Yours. And it continues to lay in your own bed that is in your own house, that is in your own neighborhood, that is on a planet that is not yours. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>